Man, 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 do I have a word from the Lord today for you guys, and I don't know if that excites you as much as it excites me, but it should, all right? Um, This is Radical Church here in Kyle, Texas. Uh, I am originally from Round Rock, Texas, but my grandparents moved here in about 2000, and my family, uh, my dad is back there as an info host. Wave, Dad. Hello, Larry. Come on now. He's helping out. My mom is over in Kids, I believe, right now. Uh, Her name's Shanna, and uh, so... uh, Man, we moved here in 2007. I was still in high school. If some, that makes some of you feel a little bit older in the room today, I'm sorry. Uh, I was in high school, a sophomore in 2007. And, uh, and so we moved here. And back in the day, I mean, you guys know, if you've been here for any period of time or you've been driving through Kyle for any period of time, you know back then there was nothing, okay? It was, it was, I always say it's a Dairy Queen and a downtown, man. That's all we had back in the day. We didn't have any of this stuff. Uh, and so it is awesome to see how much Kyle has grown. And I want to tell you a little bit about the story of Radical Church and why we're all here today and and why my wife and I decided to move from our awesome church that we were at in Oklahoma. We had moved there and we were there for about four and a half years and we ended up coming back here to start this church. I want to tell you a little bit about the story and then then we'll uh, tell you a little bit about Jesus and who he is and what he means to us and what I think that he uh, can do for you today. So um, initially, uh, I was a, I was 19 years old when I first started in ministry. I was in Bible college. I kind of left Bible college to take a job in San Antonio. And I was a youth, a middle school ministry assistant is what I was. That was my title. Okay. It was a glorious title. And uh, for those of you that were there, you remember those days, fusion middle school ministry. All right. And it was so much fun. And, uh, I would do worship and I would help plan events and, and preach and do like some Sunday school stuff for the kids and everything. And then went to another great church down in the shirts area. And I was a, uh, a creative director and then a young, and then a youth pastor, excuse me. And so we launched a youth ministry from the ground up, and then I did the worship on Sunday mornings with Tim, and uh, man, that was a lot of fun. But then we ended up in Oklahoma after that, and then I was a, a creative director, but then I ended up doing more of the, the behind-the-scenes stuff. I was a photographer and videographer, and uh, I led worship, and I built teams and production teams, like all that stuff that you see here. I helped with all of that kind of stuff, and then we ended up launching a young adults ministry there at the church, which was a lot of fun. And actually, we have some of our young adults from Oklahoma. Hey, thank you guys so much for being here. They surprised me. I didn't know all them were coming today. So this, this front row, man, you guys are awesome. So, um, but yeah, so we had an awesome young adults ministry up there. And then in January and February of 2017, I had a few people start to tell me some things uh, that I thought they were crazy for saying. They started to say, hey, uh, I remember one family, I was at Topgolf. There's about four different families that told me this. I was at Topgolf with one of them. They said, hey, you should think about starting a church. And I was like, no, <laughs> you guys are nuts. Like, why would I do that? And they were like, no, seriously, like, think about it. Like, I, if you wanted to start a church, like, we would totally be a part of it. Like, we love our church that we go to right now, but I think it would be so cool. Like, if you started a church, we feel like you'd be great at that. And I was like, well, you're obviously wrong. So, because that's not happening. I'm the youth guy, you know, I'm the young adults guy, the worship guy. That's not me at all. I don't want to do that. But then when you have another family and then another family and then another family say the same thing, you start to wonder okay, what's going on here, right? All in the course of about a month and a half. So then I told my pastor about it. I'd only been there for about a year and a half in Oklahoma. And I told my pastor, I was like, yeah, these people keep telling me they think that I was supposed to start a church. And, and he was like, well, how many people? I said, well, like f- four families have said that. And they were, he's like, four? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, have you prayed about this at all? I was like, no. He's like, well, go pray about it. And I literally, he literally told me, he's like, get in the car and go right now and go pray about this. He's like, because there's something to that. I'm like, all right, you know? And so I went 
And I still remember to this day exactly where I was. I was in a 7-Eleven. I pulled up at the 7-Eleven and I just sat there and I was like, all right, God, you know, let's, let's figure this thing out. Have you ever spitballed with the Lord before? You know what I'm talking about? Just like, yeah, let's see what this is about. You know, let's figure out if, you know, kind of bouncing some things off of them, you know? And so I started praying. Uh, I prayed for about 30 minutes. And what I was asking God to do was to give me the name of this supposed church that I was supposed to launch, okay? It's like, Lord, give me the name of the church. God, you know, help me to, to figure this out. Lord, would you just, uh, you know, put this in my heart and whatever. And I prayed for 30 minutes and I felt so spiritual about it afterwards, right? I felt super good. I was like, 30 minutes? That was a decent prayer time, all right? But I didn't get anything. I was so frustrated by the end of it. I was like, there's nothing. I have no like word that's popping into my head. Like nothing sounds right. And so then I finally, uh, I just like, you know what? These prayers are hitting like my car ceiling and just like immediately coming back to me. So like, this is not working. So what I did is I decided I'm just going to start praying and blessing the Lord. Okay. I'm just going to say, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done in my life, for what you've brought me through, for what you're doing in my wife, God. Thank you so much for everything. And I just started thanking God for who he is, what he's done and what I know that he's going to do. And then I started to pray a prayer without realizing it. And I, it, I remember it as clear as day. It was almost exactly like this, and I'll recite it to you. I started to pray, Lord, would you make me a radical believer? Somebody that goes after you with everything that I have inside of me. God, would you give me a radical worship that when I worship and lead worship, that people would want to follow me into worship of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. God, would you give me a radical boldness that when I would get on a stage and preach that I would be able to speak to the darkest of situations, the, the most broken marriages, the most uh, heavy addictions that are breaking and holding on people's lives, that you would just start to break those things off of people. Give me that radical boldness, Lord, to speak your name in the darkest places. I started saying that over and over and over again, and I thought, radical church. That sounds kind of cool. And that thought just left, you know? You know, have you ever had a thought, and then it just kind of was like, whoop, and it's gone, you know? Like, that's how it was. It was like in one ear, out the other. Didn't even think about it. And that was on a Friday, okay? And on Sunday, we, we go back to church, and we were in Assemblies of God church. And so uh, if you know anything about the Assemblies of God, it's, it's Pentecostal a little bit. Come on now. And so uh, if, if you know anything about Pentecostals, we were at uh, the Sunday night prayer meeting is what they call it up in Oklahoma. The Sunday night prayer meeting uh, because every good Pentecostal church has one of those. All right. And then also every good Pentecostal church has that one lady in their church, like the old lady that just like knows stuff. You know what I'm talking about? She just hears from God, okay? And like, I always tell people, like, she's the lady that if you've been sinning throughout the week and you go into church and you pass by her, she's just looking at you like, mm-hmm, I know what you did, mm-hmm. Her name is Dee Dee Outlaw. Outlaw. If that doesn't tell you a little bit about her, let me tell you a little bit about her. Come on now. So her name is Dee Dee Outlaw. I love that woman to death. She just called me the other day to encourage me, uh, but... I was praying and I had my hand up in the air, all right? And I was worshiping and I wasn't even thinking about radical church. And I hadn't even thought about it since Friday, just a couple days later. And then I, I see Dee Dee uh, making a beeline towards me from the other side of the room. And if Dee Dee is making a beeline towards you, you know she's like, there's something coming up. You know what I mean? She's about to do something. So this woman comes up and snatches my hand out of the air. And I kid you not, if I'm lying, I'm dying. She starts yelling in my face this prophetic word. And what she starts saying is, Radical worship, radical preaching, radical boldness, radical this, radical that, multifaceted radical. Baby, I don't know what that word means. I ain't ever said that word in my life, but your word is radical. And I was like, oh God, <laughs> okay. I was just standing there like, oh my Lord, what, 
And I'm thinking, my wife's standing next to me. I was like, did I tell her? I'm like, no. Did I tell Didi about this? No, I haven't told anybody. So I looked at Didi. I said, Didi, do you have any idea what you've just done? She said, oh, no, baby, I have no idea. But I'm going to go ahead and go on and pray. All right, bye. And she just like walks away. I was like, that's like the most big, the biggest thing that's ever happened in my life. God, in that moment, called me to plant Radical Church. I didn't know where. I didn't know when, but I knew it was Radical Church. I knew it was Radical Church. And so I told my wife that night, and she said, hmm, <laughs> we're supposed to start a what? And so uh, we ended up going on that process. And, um, man, it was, it was a crazy process. I told my pastor the next day, and I'd only been there for a year. And so I was nervous to tell him that, you know. I was like, I, don't kick me out. I'm not ready to leave yet. I don't want to go. And uh, he said, no, 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 this is great. He said, this is great. I want you to start as many ministries as possible, and we'll train you, and we'll get you ready to go, and we'll, we'll help you out, we'll support you, we'll be your parent church, and we'll support you guys. And I was like, oh, man, I love that. And we stayed there for another two and a half years after that, after I got that word. And I believe that there was some power in me staying there and serving his vision, that pastor's vision, and that church's vision until it was God's timing. Because listen, this is not my plan. I never wanted this, right? To be honest, I never wanted to start a church. I never thought that it was me that would be able to do that, right? But God, I'm just lucky enough that he chose me to be a part of this and to be a part of what he wants to do in Kyle, Texas here. And so, um, man, uh, my wife was initially not on board at all. She will tell you that. She was like, I do not want to do this. You know, I want to stay and everything. We have a great life. You know, we have this thing going for us. And I was like, listen, I'm telling you, you know, this is a prophetic word. She's like, yes, I know. You know, like when God tells you something and you're just like, ah, man, I know, but I just don't, you know, I don't know how this is going to work. Right. And so then finally, uh, I I prayed to the Lord. I said, God, if we're going to do this, this is not just going to be my dream and my vision. It better be hers because I'm not dragging my wife into something she doesn't want to do. Right. And so I prayed, God, would you give her a vision? Give her something that she can hold on to that when the times get tough, wherever it is that we end up going, that we can hold on to that together, right? And so then about uh, middle of last year, somewhere around then, so yeah, okay, middle of last year, she, we went to church, we came home, and then she tells me, she's, uh, I could tell something was going on with her. I could kind of see something on her face, and she was like, hey, uh, Trev, I, when we were in worship, it was crazy, but I had a vision, and immediately I was like, okay, the vision department is mine, okay? <laughs> like, uh, like I'm generally the one that has, you know, the crazy God, you know, stories and stuff. If you know my wife, like, that's generally not how the Lord speaks to her. He speaks to her in more, like, subtle ways and discernment and little things like that. She has her spiritual gifts, but God normally speaks to me in, like, the big, bold, like, this is what you're gonna do, and I'm like, yes, God, you know? So um, that's kind of how I hear from the Lord, right? So when she said, I had a vision, and it was about where we're gonna go, I was like, okay, I need to listen to this, something's up. And so she told me that she felt like she was flying over Kyle's, like an aerial view flying over Kyle. She'd only been to Kyle a couple of times just to visit my parents, that's pretty much it. Flying over Kyle and she felt like God was telling her, it's, this is your home and it's time to get ready to go home. And when she told me that, I almost just like broke down. I was like, thank you, Jesus, that you've given my wife this vision and that he spoke to her in a way that mattered to her. How many of you know that God speaks to us in ways that matter and mean the most to us, right? 
He is a personal God, and he wants to have a personal relationship with you. God spoke to me in a way that he knew that I would understand and listen to, but he spoke to her in a way. Home means so much for Lindsay. How many of you ladies, or just people in general, like if your office isn't decorated, or if your house isn't decorated, if it's just blank walls, it's like, this isn't home. Like, I got to get some stuff in here, you know, decorate it and put some things on the walls. You know, like I had a blank office for four years in Oklahoma, nothing on the walls. AJ can tell me he has my office now. How dare you steal my office. Anyway, um, I had nothing on the walls for four years, and I just don't care like that. But to Lindsay, that was important. Home is important. So for God to speak to her in that way, that's how she knew, hey, this is what we're supposed to do. So we told our pastor again the next day and said, hey, Lindsay's on board, I'm on board, and we know it's going to be Kyle, Texas. We're going to go back to where I'm, I feel like I'm from and my parents are at, and, and we're going to start a church there. And Pastor Kevin said, absolutely. I believe that's the place that you need to be. And so we got ready and preached to the church, told them the vision, and they're our parent church now. And uh, we ended up moving in October. We had absolutely nothing, okay? We had, I had no job, no money, no savings. Am I lying, Linz? We had nothing, okay? We lived with my parents for eight months, people, all right? Thank you, Jesus, for my father, all right, for letting us do that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, Larry, actually, I love you so much. But listen, we started the planning process to, to start Radical Church. And then we ended up, uh, in February, we had our first interest party, which some of you were there at the first interest party uh, at the little Plum Creek Community Center over here. And then we had our second one at the Rail House in March, which is so sad that it's not there anymore. It's so depressing. But uh, it was really cool because we got in there right before they kind of shut down and right before COVID really hit. It was about March 6th. And then it was like on my birthday, March 16th. And then the day after the 17th is kind of when everything, I think, started shutting down. And so COVID hits, and Tim even alluded to this a little bit, but you start to think, what are we going to do, you know? Like, we have this dream inside of us. Like, we have this, this vision for a church. What, what are we going to do now? I mean, we can't, we can't even meet. Everybody's live streaming. Nobody's going to want to join a team in the middle of all this. We're not going to have a launch team. Nobody's going to want to give and, and support a church right now, and, you know, nobody's going to want to do that. So what do we do? Do we go online, or do we, do we push it back to push the launch back to uh, January of 2021? What do we do? And then everything with George Floyd happens, and then the protests, and then our nation just starts to be, you know, splitting at the seams. And these are some deep, deep-seated wounds that our nation has that's really coming out right now. And everything starts to seemingly fall apart, and then it's an election year on top of that. Never plan a church in an election year, people. Don't ever do it, all right? God ever tells you to do it, wait till 2021. So, golly, 2025, I guess, for you, for you people now. But, uh, man, but all this stuff is going on around us. And at the end of the day, when our nation is splitting at the seams, Jesus said, I will build my church. Jesus didn't say that COVID will stop him building his church. He didn't say that that, that uh, injustice will stop him building his church. He didn't say that there was gonna be any kind of thing that would ever stop him building his church. And so listen, I wanna remind you here today that no matter what the situation is in our nation, in our world, Jesus is building his church. And you right now are a part of Jesus building his church here in Kyle, Texas and bringing hope and life and, and peace to a community. All of our communities are hurting right now. We're all going through a lot, I understand. This is not church as usual. 
You understand? We have two seats in between every family and everybody's wearing a mask. I get it's different, but at the end of the day, God has shown us favor and allowed us to be here in this place and allowed us to worship together. And I'm so grateful for being able to be in the house of God. We're just honored to be a part of it. And I'm so glad that you're here today. So uh, that's the story of Radical Church. That's the, what I would call a, a prophetic word that I was given uh, straight from God. I mean, you know, if I'm lying, I'm dying. I mean, that's exactly how it happened. I mean, uh, and, and I, I'm really so glad that, that we can be in this place today. And what I want to do is I want to take a text that is very, very common that I think everybody in this room would know. If you're a believer, if you're not a believer, you know what I mean? Like if you've never been to church before, if you've been to church your whole life, all right, you're going to know this one. And so uh, we're going to break it into three different parts. It's John 3.16. And it's for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life. That's the message we're going to talk about today. We're going to break it down into three sections, and I think by the end of this message, you're going to know how much God loves you today. Amen? Amen? All right, so part one. The first part of that is, for God so loved the world. God so loved the world. Uh, when I was in San Antonio, and I was, uh, like I said, I was 19 at the time when I first went there. I think when I was about 20, uh, I, I had this experience, all right? And it was, it was about a two-month experience for me. And I'm not saying this is normal, so don't go out and do this necessarily, but I think God was calling me to kind of a place of, uh, consecration is a super Christian-y word, but basically like God was calling me to a place of, of, of just having a fellowship with him, right, and just talking to him on a regular basis, very extended periods of time. So from, as a 19, 20-year-old, from 10 p.m. until about 2 a.m., for two months straight, uh, I was up praying and reading my Bible, for about four hours, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. every single day. I know it's crazy. It seems ridiculous. But there was something in me that I just wanted more of God, right? I just wanted to get closer to him. And this is a, a season that he took me through. And I was just praying throughout this time. I was like, God, help me to, to show your love to people around me. Like when I go to Walmart or whatever it is I go, would you show me people that I need to pray for and show me people that I need to talk to and, and all this stuff. And I was just reading my Bible and trying to soak up as much as I could in that moment, right? And so for two months I did that. And somewhere in that time, about a month and a half in, uh, I had just gone to sleep at 2 a.m., okay? And I had to work the next day at the church, but I ended up getting woken up at about 4 a.m. Once again, the vision department, that's me, all right? So I got woken up at 4 a.m., and I had a clear-as-day vision dream, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. It was from the Lord, right? And so I basically just looked, and, and I saw this guy that was walking away from me in Whataburger, <laughs> and if you know me, you'll get to know this pretty quick because I always end up incorporating Whataburger somewhere in my sermons, all right? It's always in there somewhere. That or the Dallas Cowboys. Come on now, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, so between those two, you'll always hear me talking about them. So uh, I, I was in this Whataburger, and I knew exactly which Whataburger because I was there very often. And there was this guy that was walking away from me, and he had crutches and a cast on his leg, and God said, go pray for him. And I said, no, and tried to go back to sleep. <laughs> I was like, I got to work the next morning. I don't feel like it, you know? And I was like, maybe, you know, I don't know about this. Maybe, maybe I just had some bad tacos or pizza or something like that the night before, you know, and I'm just, I'm just seeing things. I don't know what's going on here. You ever tried to fight God before on something, right? It just doesn't go very well normally, <laughs> okay? And so I ended up fighting him on that. For about 10 minutes, I lay there, and then I was just like, you know what? I like breakfast, <laughs> all right? I'll get up and go have some breakfast at Whataburger at 4 in the morning. So at about 4.15, I finally got there, 
And I, I sit down, and I'd kind of walked through trying to see. I'm like, where's this guy with a cast on? I don't see anybody. You know, there were some, uh, a couple of homeless guys, I think, and then some old men that were waking up for their morning, probably, and then some kids that had been out from the night before, probably. And uh, it's funny how that works. And as I was sitting there, I opened my Bible app. If you don't have the Bible app, get it. It's awesome. And I was just reading through and, and praying and asking God, okay, who am I? Who's this person I'm supposed to pray for? I, I saw a guy in a cast with crutches. I don't see that anymore, you know? I don't see anyone there. And so then I sat there for about 10, 15, 30, 45 minutes, all right? I sat there for 45 minutes, ate my breakfast. I was completely done with breakfast. And then I decided, you know what? I don't think I heard from God. I think I, think I missed it. Something's off here. I just don't, I don't know. So I picked up my tray and turned around and started to walk out. And as I started to walk, those three boys that had been sitting there the entire time, two of them stood up. One of them stayed seated. And they walked around the side of the table, picked up some crutches from underneath the table, handed it to their friend. And he stood up and started walking away on his crutches. And I was standing there holding my tray, seeing the exact same thing that I saw in my dream a few hours before that. And God said, you doubted me. And man, does that hit hard. It hit really hard. So what did I do? I ran after him, okay, you know? Like, there he is, you know? It's like, I got you, you know? It was kind of creepy. I had one of the weirdest conversations I've ever had in my life. I ran outside, and I was like, hey, hey, hey. I looked like this crazy guy. I was probably, thought I was drunk or something, you know? I was like, running at him. And then uh, I said, listen, listen. He was a kid. He was in high school. All three of them were. And I said, listen. I don't know what you believe about God, okay? We're standing outside of Whataburger now, 4.30, or about 5 a.m. now. I don't know what you believe about God, but he showed me a vision, woke me up in the middle of the night and said, go to Whataburger and pray for this kid that has a cast on his leg. And I believe that God can heal that leg right here, right now. And he said, I mean, okay, cool. And I was like, can I pray for you? And he said, absolutely. Listen, I prayed three times for that kid's leg, and I really, really wanted to see him just rip off the cast and run around, you know what I mean? Like, I wish I could say that that's what happened, all right? It's not. Now, I don't know if he got healed later or something like that, but man, I definitely tried, and I prayed, and I had faith. I believed anyway that that, that leg was going to be healed. I was like, obviously, I'm here for a reason, right? Here's the deal. You might ask, well, why would you use the story where the guy doesn't get healed, okay? Normally you use the, it's like the one where it's like, he got healed and it was amazing and he was running around and everybody claps, you know? Like, that's the great, awesome, cool story, right? Why didn't I, why isn't that the end of the story? Well, listen, for God so loved the world. Who is the world? Listen, you are the world. We are the world. Okay, you are the world, all right? I am the world. For God so loved, you can take that and replace that. For God so loved you, for God so loved me that he sent his son. For God so loved that kid enough to wake somebody up at four in the morning to go encourage him with the love of Jesus. Now, I don't know if his leg ever got healed. I don't know if he's a believer today, if he's a Christian or not. I'd have no idea, but what did God ask me to do? He said, go love on that kid and show him that I love him. Show him that I care about him. Show him that I'm thinking of him specifically this morning at 5 a.m., God is thinking of you today. And the first point I have for you today is that you are on God's mind. You are on his mind this morning as you're sitting here in this seat. In the same way that God sent me to that kid at Whataburger about 10 years ago, 
I want you to know that God has sent me here to Kyle, Texas today to tell you how much God loves you to tell you how much he cares about you. You might know that or you might not, but either way, I'm telling you right now that God loves you. He cares about you and he has a plan for your life and he's thinking about you personally today. Did you know in the Bible in Luke 12, seven, it says that God knows every single hair on your head. Isn't that incredible? That he knows every single detail about us. He knows what we think. He knows what we feel. He knows what we like, what we don't like. It says that he knows the desires of our hearts, the things that you would never share with anybody else. It says that God knows those things. He cares about the details of who you are. Some of us have a lot of hairs on our head. You know, the average human, I don't know if you know this, I learned this recently. The average human has about 100,000 hairs on their head. Okay, some more than others. Some less than others, all right? They might be there somewhere, okay? Uh, Some a little bit more gray than others, all right? My wife makes fun of me now at this point because I'm starting to get a few grays in here. And she's like, ah, I see about four more grays in there. I'm like, babe, you better not tell me that. Come on now, don't be speaking that evil over me. But he knows the things that you're struggling with. He knows the things that you care about. And and he wants to speak to you today. And, And a lot of times I think people think that God is this, this massive you know, far away entity that's just that's so far away and you can't reach him and, and that he's mad at the world or he's mad at you because you feel like you don't have your stuff together, whatever it might be. But I wanna encourage you today and tell you that God is not mad at you, but he is madly in love with you. He is not mad at you, he's madly in love with you. And he wants to, to have that relationship with you. So let's go to part two of this verse. The first is for God so loved the world. The second is that he gave his one and only son. When we first moved to Kyle, like I told you guys, we, we were with my parents for eight months, and it was awesome. Honestly, we had a great time. Like I said, we didn't have anything when we moved here. Two days after I moved here, uh, a lady from our church is actually, is Stacy here right now? Stacy's here. Stacy, hello. Awesome. Uh, Stacy came from Oklahoma too. So uh, basically, we ended up talking, and she was like, hey, you know, I have this marketing business. I know you've done some stuff. Would you be able to you know, do some marketing work for me. And I was like, thank God, because I have no money and no job. So, (laughs) and so uh, that ended up working out really, really well. And that was just another sign of God's faithfulness that we're supposed to be here and, you know, it's all working out. And, uh, and so we were able to finally save some money and we, we got a realtor and she was taking us around. You know, have you ever bought a house before you have like all the apps, you have like a whole, you know, if you have an iPhone, you have a whole little folder of like six different apps that you're looking through and getting the notifications from the realtor anytime something within your budget range pops up, that kind of stuff. And I had never done this before. So it was a lot of fun for me. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And um, we started looking at houses and trying to figure out something that was in our budget and uh, nothing was in our budget initially. And so uh, if you know anything about Kyle, like, you know, it, you don't get very far with a, with a little, okay? And so uh, it's so expensive nowadays. Back in the day, you could have bought anything. Now it's just so expensive. But um, so let's just say, for example, that there was a $100,000 house, which that's, you know, not realistic here, all right? Let's just say, for example, $100,000, all right? And we went to our realtor, me and Lindsay, and we were like, you know what? We want to pay $200,000 for that house. She would have looked at us and been like, excuse me? Like, why in the world would you do that? That doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, I guess, I mean, maybe we could do that. That's fine. Let's do the opposite. It wouldn't make any sense. Let's say there was a $400,000 house, and we came uh, to our realtor and we said, hey, we want to put in an offer at 100000 okay? <laughs> How many of you know that that would be an absolute insult to the sellers, okay? They would immediately shut that down and say, listen, you're done. Like, we don't even want to talk to you anymore. Get out, you know? It just doesn't make any sense. 
But as we were going through this process, our realtor told us something really interesting, and it's, it's always kind of stuck with me. And I, I think God gave me something that I can hold on to with this phrase that she said. She said that buyer determines value. Buyer determines value. I want you to write that down if you can, because we're going to unpack that in a second. But in real estate, what does that mean? It means that it doesn't matter what the seller lists the house as, right? If you're willing to pay $5 million for a shack, and there's other people that are willing to pay $5 million for this shack, how much is that shack worth? $5 million, okay? It doesn't matter what they list it as. And on, this, on the flip side, it's the same thing. If, if they think that it's worth a lot, but everybody's not wanting to pay that, it is not worth that much, all right? So uh, I, want, uh, I want Oakland to come up here if he can. I know he's, he's not feeling it right now. He's, he's having a little trouble today. He's, a little, he's got sensory overload, I feel like. Come on up, my man. You can hold him, baby. It's okay. I was going to hold him, but I don't know if that's going to work out very well. <laughs> come here. You wanna, can I hold you? Can I hold you? Okay, come here. Uh, this is Oakland. Um, like, hello, my little man. This is my son, all right? And, and I love him with everything that I have. Oakland is my boy. Oh. <laughs> and he does cute things like this. <laughs> I love you so much, pal. I love you. Okay, hey, listen, he's going to have to get used to this because he's a pastor's kid now, so I'm sorry, but you're going to have to get used to being on stage and me talking about you and stuff. Literally, it's day one, and I'm already telling a story about my son. I'm so sorry, kid. Anyway, um, but we've been learning to play basketball together. We've been learning to play baseball together, and he just smacks the, tea as, or the, the, the stand as hard as he can, and then the ball just, like, falls down. You know, it's like, come on, man. Uh, and so we're trying to teach him these things. We have so much fun together, and we actually just kind of got him potty trained in the last couple of days, right? It's up for debate? Yeah, okay. So we think he's potty trained. We're still working on it right now. So uh, we'll see what happens here while he's on stage. But um, he does these cute little things. And, and I remember a couple of days ago, that was about a week ago, I guess, he did this super cute thing. He wasn't feeling well. He was kind of up. Lindsay was with him trying to put him to sleep. And she said, I think he's getting his two-year molars, molars in. And so we need to get him some like baby Motrin. And I was like, all right. And so I took the little baby Motrin cup, you know, and filled some stuff in it. And then I snuck in his room and I reached out in his crib and I was like, here you go, buddy. And then I gave him his little baby Motrin. And then uh, he was like, dad, 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 dad. And I was like, oh, so cute. It melts my heart, right? So then I walk outside and then Lindsay ended up telling me later, she said, oh, he did the cutest thing right when you left and closed the door. He just looked up and said, dad, dad, drink. <laughs> Went to sleep. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I love that. That's so cute. But he's the light of my life. I love this boy so much. And I honestly can't imagine my life without him. You can put that there. That's fine. Thank you. I can't imagine my life without him. But we do our, you know, we do our best to protect him, to support him, to love him, to cherish him. And if anybody, anybody ever asked me to give up my son and his life for anybody else, I don't know about you, but that answer is no every single time. Every single time. Becoming a father and becoming a parent changes everything in your life. And, and I do everything I can to love this boy and protect him. And I would never give him up for anything else. So that's crazy. That's what God did for you, right? That's exactly what he did for me. Thank you, baby. That's exactly what he did. He gave up his son. He took the thing that meant the most to him. And he gave him up and sacrificed him. And Jesus died on the cross for your sins and, 
and for mine, for a debt of sin that, that we can never pay back. So buyer determines value, right? Well, then how much does God value you if he took everything that he had, bankrupted heaven itself and took everything that he had and gave all of it so that he could have a relationship with you and a relationship with me, a personal relationship with you specifically. The same way that God reached out to that young man at Whataburger, God is reaching out to you right now. I feel his Holy Spirit in this place right now. The Spirit of God is here in this place and he wants to touch your life. He wants to change your life. He wants to make your life better than it can ever be without him. Okay, listen, God has a plan for you and he's thinking about you today, today. God values you. So part three of that verse, the last part here, is that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Come on, that's a, that's a good promise right there. That is a good, good promise. Today in our world, uh, truth is hard to come by, okay? I don't know if you've been watching the news recently, God help us, right? There's like all kinds of stuff that you see on the news now, man. Like there will be uh, on one side, they're saying that the world is coming to an end. The other side, they're saying that the world is coming to an end and it's all because of different things, right? You know, like one side is saying uh, that, that this is happening with coronavirus. The other side is saying this is happening with coronavirus. And it's been so tough just to try to figure out like what to believe, right? Like the fact checkers are on there and then it's like, no, we're gonna fact check the fact checkers because they're wrong too. And it's like, come on, like at what point is it just like, this is ridiculous, you know? Like you don't even know where to find truth anymore about anything. And I've never seen more Facebook comment rage in the world than I've seen recently. It has been insane. I've seen so many people that I thought, you know, that they're just, you know, normal people, I guess. And then I'm like, goodness gracious, you are like super mean to people on Facebook. And then I see them on a different day and they're like, hey, how's it going, Trevor? You doing all right? I'm like, like, I don't know about you anymore. I read the thread. Okay, it was not good, all right? So uh, note, this is a whole nother topic, a whole nother sermon for a whole nother day, but some of y'all need to get off of Facebook, all right? Get off, my goodness. Dear Lord, or just take a break or something just to give yourself a break from all of it. I've been trying to a little bit, but listen, the point here is, is that in a time when truth is relative, right? Everybody says, you know, that, that they have their own truth, right? That's a thing that people say now. I have my truth. You live your own truth. Like you do you, you do you, boo boo. I'll never say that again. Why did I just say that? <laughs> Golly, things I say sometimes. I'm so sorry, Lindsay. Anyway, you do you, live your own truth. And they say that's a good thing. That's a thing to be celebrated is that they're living their truth, right? And what I want to tell you today that in a time when truth is, is up for interpretation, there are some things that are always going to be true. Always, right? If you throw a ball up in the air, where is that ball coming? Back down. If you eat too many Whataburgers like me, you will get a little tummy like me. Come on now. Uh, if you root for the Dallas Cowboys, you will be disappointed every year. <laughs> they will go eight and eight. And then they'll draft terrible. I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to get into that. They're playing it a little bit, so I got to hurry this thing up. I'm just kidding. kidding. Listen, uh, there's some things that are always, always going to be true. And if you want to find peace in your life, if you want to find hope, if you want to uh, have mercy and love 
and, and these, these supernatural peace that surpasses all of our understanding, the way that we can think about things in the natural. If you want that in your life, if you want to have an abundant life that you could never have on your own, I will tell you today that if you just call on the name of Jesus, he will always, always respond to you. He will always be there. He will always be by your side. He, the Bible says he will never leave you and he will never, ever forsake you. And that all you have to do is believe in him today and then you will have eternal life. Listen, the point that I want to get across today is that it's belief over perfection. It is not about you being perfect. Why is this good news? I want to say Romans 5.8, for God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Did you know that I'm a sinner? Did you know that you're a sinner? The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Listen, we all got stuff. We all got problems, but Jesus isn't asking you to be perfect. He's just asking you to believe that he came and died for you and that he wants a relationship with you today. That's all you have to do to be an eternal life with Jesus forever. Listen, there is a real place called heaven and there is a real place called hell. And I will do you a disservice if I do not tell you about this. A lot of pastors and people don't wanna talk about this because it's hard stuff, but listen, it's reality. This life is short. You're gone in an instant. You don't know what's gonna happen after you leave these four walls today. And I'm not trying to scare you, but what I'm trying to say is you gotta start thinking about eternity and not about the right here and right now and what's gonna please you right in this moment, but think about the little tiny piece of that, of that rope that is the eternity of life, right? And the eternity of, of this afterlife that we have. And listen, you're going either one place to heaven or hell. Jesus talked about hell more than anything else that he talked about in the Bible. Why? Because he wanted to make sure that people understood that it's not about right here, right now and what we can can see there's so much more to this universe, right? We think about the expansion of the universe and how much is out there. There's so much more than just what we see right here. You don't have to be perfect. God wants to break off that addiction that's in your life right now. He wants to mend that marriage that's broken right now and you're having trouble and maybe you're going to counseling or one of you doesn't wanna go. Listen, Jesus can take care of that right here, right now, if you would lay that at his feet. He could take care of it today. You could leave right now and then feel, oh, I don't understand, but I just, I, I love you so, so much and I don't understand what it is. It's the love of Jesus that's entering in you and flowing through you right now. That's what it is. If you've had financial problems, God wants to break that thing off of you. He wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing, right? If you've had a divorce, God wants to give you a fresh start today. I don't ever want people that have been divorced to come in here and feel shame in this house because listen, God is a God of second chances. Do you believe that in the house today? He is a God of second chances. He's going to give you a fresh start. If you're struggling with your identity, if you're struggling with your kids, whatever it may be, God wants to bless you and to help you through that. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not about getting the right job or whatever it might be. Paul is writing that from prison. He's saying, I can bear all things. I can handle all things that come my way because I have Jesus on my side. That's what he's saying in that verse. And so you have Jesus on your side and all you have to do is say yes. That's it. It's not some special prayer. It's not anything like that. All you have to do is say yes. So as we recap, I'm going to have the band go ahead and come on up, guys. We're going to worship here a little bit at the end. We're going to pray together, okay, and then we're going to have uh, some Kona ice. I hope they're out there. I haven't seen them, but they're supposed to be here. So if they're not, then we'll, they are out there. Oh, praise God. We'll pray, and then we'll, we'll hang out and have a good time. But before that, I just want you to know that you're on God's mind today. 
If you've been a Christian your whole life, if you've never stepped foot in a church before, it doesn't matter. You're on God's mind. I want you to know that buyer determines value and that God has paid a price with his son, Jesus. He gave everything that he had so that you could have life with him in heaven forever. And that it's not about you being perfect. It's not, and it never will be. I'll never be perfect. I don't claim to be perfect. But if you just say yes and believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, that you will be saved. It's not some special prayer. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have it all figured out, okay? I'm not saying you have to have it figured out. But God will walk with you and he'll help you. He'll take you through the process of of learning and growing. We're all trying to be a better person, right? We're all trying to be a better person. But Jesus can, can take you, completely transform you in a way that you never could on your own. So I want you to know that as we have launched Radical Church today, that if you want to come back next week, you want to be a part of what's happening here, you're our family now. Even if you don't come back, listen, I mean, you're part of the fam. You're part of our story. And, and now I believe that we're a part of your story in your life. And you're in our family now. And you can bring your junk. We're not going to be a church that, that tries to hide the things that we're going through. I'm not going to hide the things that I'm going through. I just want you to know I'm going to be honest about some stuff. All right? And I want you to be able to be honest about some stuff. Because what good is it when you come into church and you just have, you're just walking around and everybody's like, how you doing today? Blessed and highly favored. You know, like what, like, what is that even doing for anybody? You're just faking it. You're lying to yourself and to others. That's not what the church is supposed to be. The church is supposed to be a place where we can come with our brokenness and in our, our guilt and our shame and the things that we have going on and, and the questions and the doubts that we have about God and find answers and find life and find hope. That's what the church of God is supposed to be about. And it's not supposed to be about these four walls, but it's about you guys hanging out outside of the four walls, having fellowship together, doing life together and having fun together, living life together and finding that abundant life that Jesus has for every single one of you that I know that he has in store for all of us. And so if you would do me a favor, I want everybody to stand in this house today. And with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just wanna offer an invitation to you It's not me offering the invitation really, but it's Jesus. It says in God's word that he seeks after us, that we're all inherently bad inside. We're all separated from God. We all have sin and we can't reach the father by ourselves. But it says that God seeks after us. He's jealous for us. He he wants us and he wants to have a relationship with us. And let me change that around. He wants to have a relationship with you right now. You're on his mind. So there's a few people in this room today. If you have never believed in God before, I believe that he's putting it on your heart and and maybe there's something inside of you right now and you're just kind of like, I just feel like this is right, you know? I feel like I wanna say yes to this and I'm not 100% on everything and what this entails, but I I feel like that that this is what I'm supposed to do and I'm supposed to say yes to Jesus and, and turn over my life to him. Listen, there might be some people in here today that that have been a part of the family of God before and you might have strayed away and you've gone away from from God and you haven't been in church and you haven't been praying or or, or having a relationship with God and you're kind of doing your own thing, right? I did that for a little bit in my early 20s. I know what that feels like to feel like a hypocrite walking around in church. 
I know what it feels like to, to talk to people and say, yeah, I'm doing great, but I wasn't. I know what it feels like to not believe in God, but pretend like I do. And maybe that's some of you in here today. And God is just as concerned with your spiritual life and he's just as concerned with your, with your eternity than he is the people that have never been to church before that are here in this place. Then there's some people here that you've been a Christian your whole life. You grew up in church maybe. Maybe you're just looking for a church family. You're just looking for a place to call home, you know? A place where you can be real and, and have friends and have community. Listen, I believe that God has a plan for you here as well at Radical Church. And I would ask that if you're maybe one of those first two people, you say, listen, I've never said yes to Jesus before, never done this before in my life. Or if you're one of those people that's saying, I was a part of the family of God before, but I want to say yes again today and rededicate my life to the Lord today. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I am not gonna embarrass you today, okay? I don't wanna embarrass you in front of people, but I just would ask you right now, would you just raise your hand and say yes, that's me. I wanna say yes today. Thank you, I see your hands. I see you. Come on, be encouraged. Yes, I see you. I see you in the back. Yes, I see you. I see you. Man, there's hands going up all over the place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone else that wants to say yes? I want to say yes to God today. If you put your hand up, you can put it right back down. Thank you so much. I see you. Anybody else that wants to say yes to Jesus today in this house? Come on. Yes, I see you. I see you. I see you. And more importantly, Jesus sees you. He sees that hand right now. He sees the hurt and the struggles and the pain. And he knows that he has a plan for you. And man, it's a, it's a glorious plan. And I want you to know that today is gonna be the best day of your life. <laughs> this is the best thing that you could ever do in your life. The best decision you'll ever make is right now saying yes to Jesus. So everybody in this room, I want us all to pray together. I'm gonna pray this prayer and, uh, and I want you to pray along with me. If you were one of those people that raised your hand or if you're just a part of the body of God, this will apply to you too. And I want you to pray along with us. Say yes to Jesus today. Say, Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose again from the dead and you're in heaven now, alive, that you have a plan for me. And today, I make you the Lord of my life I give you everything I have because you gave everything to me. Thank you for a life abundant. It's in your name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Hey, can we give up a shout of praise for Jesus today? About 15 people raise their hand and receive Jesus, maybe for the first time. That's something that we can shout about. That's something that we can be grateful for. That's something I want to praise. Man, God is good. It says it every single time that one person says yes to Jesus. And the Bible says there's a celebration in heaven. So what I want to do right now is I want to have a celebration here at Radical Church. That's